Welcome to the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Of course, there aren't really any normal people, but every person has a spirituality, whether plumbers or politicians, firefighters or farmers, entrepreneurs or entertainers. I'm Matthew Bruff, pastor and author, bringing you tips, guidance, and practical advice for how to live out and keep the life in your relationship with God. You can find show notes, books, and more at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. This is episode two of the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Today we have a great interview with Teresa McDonald Lee, who is a camp director at Camp Kintail, um, which is a Presbyterian camp on the shores of Lake Huron. It's a beautiful place. Um, but before we get to the interview, uh, it's spring and uh, at least where I am, our snow has all melted. I live in Winnipeg, and uh, it sometimes takes a while for the snow to go. Um, so now that it's April, uh, we are without snow. Sometimes we'll still get snow in April. Uh, but it's beautiful weather here, and that's just great. Also, we're in the season of Lent, um, but we're coming to the end of the season of Lent and just coming up to Easter. So this coming Sunday is going to be Palm Sunday, uh, a Sunday I really like. Um, we usually do it as a celebration in our church and leave it for, we have a Monday Thursday service, a Good Friday service. So for those services are a little more reflective. And then the big, big celebration on Easter. I just love this time of year. And uh, because partly because winter is over and it's usually a long winter for us, um, but also because of the celebration of Easter uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're super excited about that. Um, I wanted to ask as well, before I kind of get into the interview, uh, if you are able to subscribe to the podcast, you may or may not know how to do that, but you can just go to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and each episode will have its own page. So you just click on the on the episode and and then there's subscribe links that are there for the various places, including iTunes. Also, if you're able to leave a review and a rating on iTunes of the podcast, that actually really helps podcasts become visible on the iTunes directory, which is the largest directory of podcasts. So if you're able to do that, uh, that really, really helps. So please consider going and, and leaving a review. Uh, so today's interview with Teresa... Uh, we talk a whole bunch about kids and about families. And in particular, we talk about her own kids, but and what she does in her own spiritual practices, and uh, also the kids that she interacts with at camp, um, where she interacts a whole bunch with, with uh, younger children, but also with teenagers and young adults, especially young adults who are in leadership at the camp. Our conversation was just amazing. It was, and it's super practical. So she gives some great resources, um, a couple of suggestions for reading the Bible and praying with kids. Um, and we talk a little bit about how she gets out of a rut spiritually. So when she's having a harder time, what does she do to kind of reset uh, in her spirituality and her walk with Jesus Christ? Uh, I ask her as well where she sees families struggling with their spirituality because she has kind of this unique perspective as a camp director she comes into. It's a very busy, busy camp um, throughout the summer. So she comes in contact with all kinds of families. Um, some, Many of them are uh, Christian families who are participants in church, but not all of them as well. 
Um, and so she just sees uh, so many different families and they are doing things as a camp to try to stay in contact with uh, with families throughout the year as well. Uh, so she's kind of got this interesting perspective on what families might be needing in their spiritual life and how uh, church leaders, um, herself and others, might be able to assist families or what we need to share with families to encourage them to live out their life uh, as a family following Christ. Um, So again, some of the resources she provided as well, one in particular I wanted to let you know about, which you can find on uh, the website on spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. She uh, gave us a resource that they use at camp that's called 24 Ways to Pray. So they give that to their leadership at camp. Um, and it's really, um, it's actually pretty short. It fits on just two pages, I think. So it's just a Word document that you can download if you if you want. Um, but it kind of gives you just really simple suggestions as to how to pray so that you use that with their leadership and it's ways that are accessible for kids. But I read through them and these are things that anybody could do. Um, so kids or adults or teenagers, whoever um, could do those things. When we talk about that resource in the podcast, uh, Teresa uh, says that it's uh, 50 ways to pray, but it turns out when she went and looked it up, it's actually 24 ways to pray. So uh, that's the resource. You can get it on the website in the show notes. And there's also links there uh, that uh, that you can find to some of the resources that we discuss in the podcast. So if you're listening and you think, oh, where do I find that? Just go to the, the show notes, go to the website. And you can click on the links to, to find those things. Uh, so that's uh, really excited that this is kind of the first interview episode in this uh, episode two of the podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. Here's the interview. Uh, okay, so this is uh, Teresa McDonald Lee, and I'm really happy to have her as part of the podcast. And this is one of my first guests. So it's really exciting. Teresa and I have known each other uh, quite a while. And Long time. Yeah, back in seminary, I guess. And actually before that. Yeah, we, we met before, but really we became friends in seminary. Yeah, yeah. And so right now she's serving at uh, Camp Kintail. So she's a camp director in the Presbyterian Church. And uh, how long have you been at Camp Kintail? 10 years. Wow. I know. That's really good. <laughs> and then and you were a pastor before that. Yes, well. for five years in two congregations in southwestern Ontario. Right, okay. So yeah, Teresa, I think you graduated, what, just the year before I did, maybe? 2002. Yeah. And I'm terrible with dates, so you're going to remember that, but I don't even know if that's close to when I graduated. <laughs> I think <laughs> I've been doing graduated the next year. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, so I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, camp and mm-hmm. the idea of spirituality around camp, but I also want to know a little bit about yourself and your own spiritual practices, mm-hmm. um, but also in your family. Um, cause I know family is probably really important to you and mm-hmm. three beautiful children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to know, maybe start there and just ask what does spirituality look like in your own family? Well, I guess I'll start with myself a little bit and then oh, go sure. from there. So, um, one of the things I realized a few years ago is that my personal spiritual practices weren't being seen by my kids. And so I changed what I was doing so that my kids saw me 
reading the Bible and um, taking time for devotion because I realized that was sort of set apart and just for me and they weren't experiencing or being part of that. So one of my spiritual practices over the last um, two years now has been to memorize Psalms. Um, And uh, I started it I love the Psalms, but I felt like I wanted to go deeper and to have those Psalms words available to me at any time. Um, And so I started memorizing them and I started telling my kids the Psalms I was memorizing. Wow, that that is awesome. But they kind of hated it. (laughs) Except, except, you know, they'd be like, ah, mommy's telling me a Psalm. Um, (laughs) But then, then they would start asking. And they'd say, oh, what are you memorizing? Or especially when they were having trouble sleeping at night and I would go in, they'd be like, tell me the psalm that you're memorizing. And so it became kind of lovely um, to be able to have that connection with my kids over one of the spiritual practices that are important to me. And I don't know if they're ever going to choose the psalms as the thing that's most important to them, but I hope that some of those words will also sink deep into them. Can I ask you what, is it the same version that you memorize or... Yeah, I, I realized I had to make a decision. So I, I've been using the NRSV, which isn't necessarily the most poetic, but um, yeah. that's the version I chose. Well, and that might be, like, that's not super accessible for kids either. So, no. Um, no. But, but it's kind of an interesting idea that maybe they grow into that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, but I also think um, all of the kids, like the kids in my family and myself and Jonathan, we're all uh, wordy book people. So they're right. pretty good with language and vocabulary. So I think... I think adding to that is just fine. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's that's an amazing one. Like, I don't think I've ever heard that. I mean, I've heard of people memorizing scripture or memorizing the Psalms, um, but kind of making that visible for your kids, mm-hmm. I think it's an, an amazing thing. Like, really, I'm probably doing this podcast just to get tips on what I should be doing <laughs> on, on things that I can try. Um, but but oh. hopefully that's what it's about. Like, other people might hear that. Like, oh, that's something I might I might try or think about. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, I did, p- partly I really realized that my kids were just not seeing my spiritual life in any visible way. And that was a really simple way to to make that inclusion. Like we would do things together as a family, sort of off and on, reading Bible stories together, or praying together. We pray at meals together. And individually with my girls, I would do um, like examine. You talk about our best and hardest parts of the day and then we pray together. Yeah. But um but that was that was about us as a family and them not seeing what I was doing. So that was partly why I made that decision. Yeah, that's that's really good. Like I'm glad you're one of my first guests because you're doing a ton. <laughs> that's so good. Not only we'll get to we'll get to the struggles. Yeah, there's struggles with it. Yeah, well, so what are some of the what are some of the challenges that you've that you've found? Um well, like lots of other families were busy and, um, and it's easy to get off track. So part of our life is we, um, live in our home for six months of the year and we live at summer camp six months of the year. So when we're at summer camp, there's also staff around, um, it's just really busy. There's guest groups, there's campers. Um, and so sometimes it's hard to carve out family time. And I know my children would say that, (laughs) that sometimes it feels like there's always other people around. So there's not that same sense of family time. Um, and so just with, and then moving twice a year, it just, it's hard to get in routines sometimes with the girls. And so, you know, it'll get to be Advent and we'll be like, ah, we haven't done anything <laughs> at all because we've been so busy. Um, so just finding the time and making it consistent 
But now as my children are getting older, especially um, Ella, one of my older daughters, she makes sure we do examine every night. Really? Oh yeah. It's, it's her saying we have to do this. That's and, awesome. um, yeah. So she's making it a priority, which I think I'm so excited about. It's not been so successful with my other two, but anyways, yeah. her, she's the one who says, you know, Nope, we're doing this. We have to do this every night. Yeah. Well, that's happened a little bit with us with Juliet and, and mm-hmm. kind of from early on, um, just at, at mealtime, it started out, she wanted to be the one who prays yes. and, um, and then sometimes she didn't, she went through a whole phase of no, someone to. else do it. And I thought, Oh no, <laughs> She's, yeah. she's lost it. Like she doesn't yeah. want to do this anymore. And then it, and it yeah. came back. It's just these phases. Yeah. Um, but then we, we downloaded um, the Bible app for kids I don't oh, know okay. that, uh, by you. No. Version. And it's, and it's like a, it's basically like a moving comic book kind of thing. Super, super That's simple. Great. Um, and probably great for like, I think maybe even just slightly younger than, than her, maybe uh, five years old. I think it was really good for five to five to six eventually it got to the point like we just started kind of showing it to her and eventually she was just asking to it herself every single night at yeah. supper we only yeah. do it at supper times when all three of us are there mm. uh, which isn't every supper yeah and if anyone else was with us she refused to read the bible like it was like this right. but in some ways that was kind of nice like it was then it was like, your family hey, this protect- is just the three of us like there's yeah. just me and Cheryl and Juliet and it was that time um and then when we finished we went through the entire Bible. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to go through the entire right. Bible when it's a comic book, yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, and then started reading just in the good news translation recently. Mm. So she's, and she's still ca- kind of asking for that, but yeah. there's no interactivity. Like she could play with stuff on the iPad. So she kind yes. of too, right? Um, the other, I don't know if you guys have used it. The other Bible that we've used that's been great is this um, Spark Story Bible. Yeah, I've seen it. We, it's a really... Oh, it's a really, really wonderful story Bible. And at the end of every story, which are um, the words, everything is very, um, like it leaps off the page. Like it's very interactive storytelling. And then there's questions at the end, very short questions that you could use for kids that are three, but you could also use for kids that are 12. Yeah. So that's a wonderful, wonderful. We use that at camp in every camp. The uh, the U version one it has questions and they're actually really reading comprehension questions rather than okay. what's the moral of the story questions which right. I really liked I, I kind of like that because it just allowed to ask you know you know who was it who fought Goliath right that was David okay and there's like pictures right. of the characters that you've seen with them so if right. you don't read you can, you can actually that. match up who it is mm-hmm. um, so I kind of like that because it wasn't trying to instill here's the Here's the lesson, lesson. that you're supposed to le- learn yeah. as a child. And then I've got to, as a parent, decide, well, is that the lesson I want them to learn? Right. Yeah. Do I agree with the theology of this app? Right. Right. Um, so I like that because there's more reading comprehension. I think that was mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah. Any other challenges? Like, I think busy is a, is a big thing for lots of people. And I think yeah. one of the things for me is everybody's got a different busy. Like, your busy sounds very different than uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people I know. Mm-hmm. Or mine mine is a lot of like i've got to go to a lot of church meetings <laughs> right so yeah. um part of it is just when we get out of routine to get back in routine yeah it's you know it's it's like you know exactly like people going to the gym you stop going and it's just super easy to just keep stopping yeah yeah um, that's why we call them start. disciplines i guess right like yes it's having the discipline to mm-hmm. to continue to do it yeah um so what do you do when 
Like if you find yourself, you've gotten out of the routine or you're kind of in a rut, whether it's with the family or just with yourself, like what are ways to get out of that? Or what, how does that? I put it on my to-do list. (laughs) You're a to-do list person. I I am. So I put it on my to-do list because I like to check everything off my to-do list. So actually I start all my to-do list says workout, (laughs) meditate, journal, yeah. And I'm learning, trying to learn French. So I write, I mean, I write that down at the beginning of every single to-do list. Right on. And then I sort right of on. think if I do even just those things in a day, even if I don't get anything else done, if I do those things, then I... Do you literally write down, learn French on your to-do list? I do. <laughs> That's awesome. I do. That's great. It's kind of a big to-do. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's an app that I'm using. Oh, so okay. Good, good. A lesson no, that's on That's kind of the equivalent of writing down, you know... <laughs> spiritual no no no, it's very practical follow jesus today um that's probably a good to-do list but no but the to-do list helps me because it gets me back on track yeah and i think like for me it's um it's calendar like i'm Mm. i'm a i'm an appointment kind of person so if it's on my calendar i don't miss it so i've got a plan and it's kind of similar to do to do list so i've got a plan like if i'm gonna um make sure that I like, I like prayer walking. That's something I started doing this year. You and, have to uh, schedule stuff like that. Yeah. So I've got, and, and also trying to like, I'm a person who deals with guilt, <laughs> guilt about stuff. all the time. <laughs> so I feel guilty for going on a prayer walk when there's so many other things to do. Right. And that's really dumb. Like, and yeah. I, I get way more done in those days when I actually go and do the prayer walk. Like mm-hmm. sermons are way easier to write if you pray, like surprise. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I'll probably be talking to some other people who are not pastors in this podcast, I hope, um, because I, I want to see how that works in their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more obvious connections, I guess, to being a minister mm-hmm. and, uh, and doing spiritual practices and not mm-hmm. actually helping you with your job. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I think that helps regular people, like just anybody. I think it's important for people to know that, that pastors also have a hard time with their own spiritual disciplines. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's not we do. us and it's a part of our job description and it's still difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else in your personal spiritual practice? So you talked about memorizing Psalms and, um, and some of the family stuff. Is there mm-hmm. anything else that you've done in the past maybe that either didn't work or did work or. Um, one of the things I've been doing over the last um, couple of years too, is a prayer journal I always, for me, as I said before, I'm a word person. So it was hard for me just to sit there and pray. But when I actually have a pen in hand and I'm writing, that is when I feel like I'm praying. And it it took a long time for me to go, well, that's a legitimate way to pray. (laughs) Um, But for me, that's been really helpful because um, when you say that you're going to pray for somebody, you know, that can be very... um, nebulous but when I write it down every day and then I'm I the other thing I've experienced in writing down in my prayer journal every day is when I I see when things shift and when prayers become answered and um, change happens and so it can feel sometimes like you're praying for something for a long time but then when you go back over you go oh things are changing God's on the move um you know situations and and people have have been healed or been you know, there's just things that have changed. And so I find that really helpful. And it's only been in the last year and a half that I've done that. Wow. That's, that's great. I've, mm-hmm. I've never, well, I shouldn't say I've never done that. I've done that one time as part of a, a kind of a Bible reading exercise where right. I'm really journaling about this, the scripture. And then I would mm-hmm. write down a couple of prayers at the end of that and mm-hmm. for a year and found it really helpful, but it wasn't mm-hmm. really, 
exactly what I needed. So yeah, um, I think you also have to give yourself grace when something isn't working, even yeah. though it would or you other people say it's so great for them to say that's just not for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I find like there's certain, for me, there's certain practices that I will, I'll go back to as an anchor. Like if I asked you kind of about the, the Brett question that for me, it actually is the Psalms. So I don't read the Psalms every month, but mm-hmm. if I know I've been having a difficult time with spiritual practices in general, or if I've just kind of fallen away from it, I'll just say, okay, next month, I'm going to read the Psalms right. that month. And it's just there. For me, it's like, well, here is a built-in prayer book from the Bible. So it's probably a pretty good resource. <laughs> you know, so I'll go to that. For a long time. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where I go back mm-hmm. every time I'm in a mess. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, what have I been doing mm-hmm. with my spirituality? Like, I haven't been paying any attention to this. And mm-hmm. and often I'm not necessarily realizing that. Like, I don't know how you are, but I, I kind of just get to the point where I'm stressed a whole bunch of things are going wrong. And then suddenly I realize when was the last time I actually prayed or read the Bible except for the sermon? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a while. And then I'll, and then I'll figure out, okay, put it on the calendar. It's going to be a Psalms month. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen. So that's kind of what I, what I do. Um, I also wanted to ask you, you kind of talked about your own family, um, but you, you have a lot of interaction with other kids, right? Like that, maybe just share with us, like how many kids go through the camp in, in a summer? Um, we would have about 1500 kids. Yeah. Um, so it's a really our, big camp. Yeah. In our summer camp and our retreat programs, we also have a ton of kids that come through with school group programs. Okay. We don't do spiritual programs with them, but right. 1500 kids that do come, we do. Yeah. So, so you're kind of seeing mm-hmm. some faith, major faith formation happening mm-hmm. Um, yeah. in those kids' lives. And you probably see kids summer to summer as well, right? So you yeah, see sort of what's happening mm-hmm. um, with kids and families as well, and maybe in their churches. So you can be a unique perspective on yeah. on sort of kids' faith and family faith. The camp is often seen as a mountaintop experience. You know, it's for one week, it's really intense. Um, but one of the things we see as our job is to help teach kids how to pray. Mm. Um there's a book um, I read years ago called Downtime by Mark Iaconelli. Okay. And um, it was talking about how youth programs, they're often, you know, these big, you know, do crazy things and you got to attract them. But he said the most important gift you can give to a young person is to teach them how to pray. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a gift they will use for the whole rest of their life. Right. You teach them how to pray. And so it goes through a whole bunch of different prayer practices. And then maybe some of them could teach their parents how to pray too. And, and that does. <laughs> it does right. Like, because we do grace before every meal yeah. and kids will go home singing grace and yeah. teaching their parents and parents will say, you know, we, we haven't been doing this at home. Thank you for reminding us of the importance of giving thanks. Right. Um, so we try, I mean, in every year we get a different curriculum and it will have different Bible stories, but we do try to help kids learn how to pray in different ways. Right. So what are the, what are some other ways you, you do that? Um, so, grace besides besides grace at meals um so we have a whole list in our staff manual about 50 different ways to pray um and so different ways that counselors can do interactive prayers with kids so we'll we do open-eyed prayers we do body prayers um we go down to the beach and we write our confessions in the sand um we use candles we do all sorts of um different ways to get kids actively engaged in praying Um, So sometimes it's silence, sometimes it's words. We also believe every kid should have a chance to lead worship. And so um, 
at our closing worship, every cabin takes part. And so kids will lead the prayer as well as just hearing prayer. They're leading it as well, which I think is really important. Um, One year with the staff, I did every Thursday of our staff Bible study, I did a different way to pray. So we did praying in color, praying the Psalms. Um, We did it like an arts and crafts prayer session. We used the labyrinth. So, um, and that's actually one of my favorite years of leading Bible study was doing those different ways to pray. So it's probably time to do it again. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we want kids to know that it's not just sitting in church with your eyes closed and head bowed. Like that's one way to pray. And that's an important way that we pray together as a church, but there's other ways we can do that as well. Yeah. And to have that modeled for them. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I would imagine like, I'm guessing this is probably a big learning experience as well for your staff. And absolutely. um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of those are young people, youth, Mm -hmm. young adults. Mm -hmm. And then they're given the role and responsibility of teaching prayer too, which is pretty special. Right. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I remember not really knowing how to pray until I was maybe about 18 or 19 years old, mm-hmm. um, like praying out loud. I would never have mm-hmm. considered that. And part of it was the only prayer that I really had modeled. Like we had kind of a set grace that we said in our family. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I'll do that. Cause I know right. the words and I'll just say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the prayer that was modeled for me was kind of this flowery, floofy, airy yes. prayer that was said in church and was really long. And exactly. And I thought, well, that's what prayer is. Yeah. And I, and I can't do that. Um, Which is why we want every kid to help lead in worship because we yeah. want them to know that their words also matter to God. Yeah. Well, and I think a big thing as well for adults is to learn from that as well. Like some of those same practices that you're going to do with kids, yes. adults should probably be doing them too. Yes. Just to get just to learn about the practice of prayer and realizing it's way more broad than, mm-hmm. than just what you do in church. Yes. And, and that's not to say what we do in church is, is something negative. Like no. I'll pray, I'll pray long prayers sometimes with mm-hmm. really poetic language. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's realizing that that is in a certain context of public worship where, yes. where part of the thing is we're going to use our language to praise God yes. in, in our prayers, but there's different kinds of prayers, but, you wouldn't necessarily do those on a regular basis on a Sunday morning. You might. Yeah. Well, we had a really powerful prayer retreat at camp this last Mm -hmm. September. um, And it was for adults. So we had um, 16 year olds to 80 year olds at camp and um, we had a wonderful facilitator and she taught them about prayer. And it was interesting because everybody there desired a deeper, stronger prayer life and felt like they didn't know how to find it for themselves. And so she really just gave everybody opportunities to pray in different ways, um, to express themselves in ways they hadn't thought that they were allowed to. And by the end of the weekend, it was an incredible weekend where they just, everybody just felt so much closer to each other and in their relationship with God. And I just thought there's so many people hungering for that and not knowing where to find it. Yeah, that is so awesome. That's great. That's really great. Uh, Do you... Just shifting a little bit, mm-hmm. where do you see families, and I, I guess maybe kids, but where do you see families struggling the most with spirituality or figuring that out? Do you see a lot of families? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of families and parents feel like they don't have the tools in order to teach. Okay. Um, because they feel like they they didn't they don't know the Bible stories or they don't know how to pray themselves or um, they just they don't know they feel inadequate to the task. They know it's important. They know they want it to happen, but they don't know what to do. Right. Okay. 
And how do we, like, what can we do to help with that? As if we're church leaders, because I guess both of us are, <laughs> we, yes. uh, how, how do we help with that? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things we've done in our Camp Kintel newsletter. We sometimes will put in a little, we'll put in some um, ways we, we pray at camp. So yep. to give um, like a take home what a family could do on their own at home, right. um, a practice that we do at camp that they can do. So we, we did a whole year of those at home. So it talked about grace and it talked about morning prayer, it talked about all sorts of different things. Right. Um, I think just giving the tools to parents to help them feel empowered to do it. And also to let them know you don't have to be perfect to start. Let's need to start. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I don't, it can be just as simple as saying grace once a day, like oh, no abs- more, no less. Absolutely. Know? Like that's, that's sort of our, our baseline. And I, I would mm-hmm. say there's weeks and weeks go by and that's all we're doing in our, yes. in, our house, mm-hmm. in terms of spirituality, that and, and going to church. Mm-hmm. We go to church on Sunday and yes. we say grace at supper when all three of us are there, which isn't every night of the week. So yes. like that's kind of it for us. And, uh, and then we maybe add a Bible story after the meal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I don't, it, it, for me, I think one of part of the news is uh, that we can give to parents is it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be different. Not a big spectacular thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then I look for, I look for moments. I mean, part of that might just be the the minister and the preacher in me, right? Mm-hmm. I'll look for moments uh, where, hey, Jonathan, I just saw Jonathan walk by. So yes. <laughs> yeah. we'll just add that into the podcast. This is an audio <laughs> podcast and so nobody else saw that, but I saw it in the video. Um, Therese's husband just walked through. So I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, I, I can't even remember what I was saying now. That was awesome. uh, oh, for parents, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. 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 They, uh, no, I, I think, I think trying to help people, Oh yeah. Looking for moments. I think I was saying mm-hmm. that I think it's the preacher in me that something might come up and then, you know, I can't help myself, but try to relate that in some way to God. Um, right. and I don't do that very much. So don't think that I'm like constantly doing that with my daughter, but, uh, Every once in a while, it'll be like, oh, yeah. Here's but I think sometimes you do, I think we have to say those things to help make those connections happen. Oh, I think so, yeah. I mm-hmm. think so. Um, yeah, I'm trying to because think. Because that's where Juliet sees your spirituality. Yeah, probably. That's is true. Is when you say those things. That's true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like, I, I, a thing happened this week. Um, we were talking about Jesus' baptism mm-hmm. um, in church on Sunday. And, uh, I just, as the, we were doing, I was doing a children's time. So the kids were up at the front and just, just kind of talking about baptism and Jesus getting baptized and what happened. And we had just been reading at home. We'd been reading about, uh, John the Baptist mm. being born. Right. And we talked about, oh, and he's the one who's going to baptize Jesus. And he's a related, a relation of Jesus. And I could just see this look of recognition on my daughter's face. And I was just right. like, proud dad moment. Of, like she doesn't speak in the children's time ever. She just looks you know, I think she sometimes looks a little terrified. Please don't call on me. Right. I'm your daughter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I, so I don't usually, mm-hmm. um, but it was kind of neat to just see that look of like, I know what you're talking about. And I'm mm-hmm. happy. About it. So that was, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if there's, is there anything else that you think you would want to share just about spirituality or. I guess the only other thing is um, I think kids have an innate spirituality. Yeah. And part of our job is to get out of the way of that, that relationship that kids have with God already. It's, it's not us making it happen. It's God and that child and their relationship. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And so sometimes it's just about leaving space and time yeah. and resources. Yeah, yeah. Trusting that relationship. 
you you say stuff and you say it about kids and i immediately think that's actually true of everybody <laughs> Uh, I think we, I, th- I think we should probably wrap up and, yeah. and really good to have you on and to have a conversation together here. Um, thank you so much. Um, but just quickly, where could people find you or the camp online? Our website, campkintel.ca is a place where you can see everything that's happening at camp. Really easy. So if you are in, just tell us where the camp is. So if there's happens to be anybody listening who wants to get to camp, <laughs> Uh, they, they know where to go. The, the camp is um, about 20 minutes north of Godrich, Ontario, which is about um, two hours north of Windsor, Ontario. So north of Detroit and two hours um, west of Toronto. Oh, you just said Detroit. That is so great. I love that. Like there's actually unique things about accents in Canada. We're both Canadian. Right? <laughs> what would you say? I would say Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you, if you live in that part of the world and you want to send your kids to camp, go to campkintail.ca. Um, it is an awesome camp. I visited a couple of times just uh, on single days. I would love to be there longer mm-hmm. sometime. Um, mm-hmm. It's just wonderful. It's just such a great place. Um, and uh, part of that too is because it's got such a great camp director. Yeah. Thanks. So, uh, again, really appreciate you being part of this and being one of my first guests. That's so great. Thanks for having me on. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Don't forget to check out the show notes at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. There you can sign up to get the free short guide called Six Tips to Get Consistent in Connecting with God. And when you do that, you'll also get the latest updates and news from the blog, plus book announcements and anything else I may be working on. So head over to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and sign up. Thanks for listening today and take care.